Sometimes God will make you go somewhere alone because you got something to do. And now for In the Flow of God. Today, you are going to deliver the message, not me. Last Sunday, we had a rather unique service. It was an anointing, a laying on of hands, a transferring of flow. And I talked about last Sunday how God had said we were just in a particular flow, and flow varies. You know, sometimes you're in tune and sometimes you're not. Simple as that, it varies. But for last Sunday, myself, Pastor C. Elijah, Pastor James, and Reverend George prayed over and touched all of those who came up. And I'd been in the Philippines for the prior month. And when I got back, the very day that I was coming back, there was an unusual level of favor. When you're in the flow with the Holy Spirit, and it doesn't mean you won't go through some stuff, but often there's a favor that opens doors that's incomprehensible. When I got up that morning because I had an early morning flight. I left where I was staying. It was 4.11 a.m. I looked at my clock. And to flag down a taxi, you just stand out on the corner and wave them down. So when the taxi stopped, it was 4.20 when I got in the taxi. And 42 is a number that has been significant with this church, but it's also a biblically significant number. It was the oldest book of the Bible. The book of Job has 42 chapters. It was 42 generations to Jesus. There's a whole lot of stuff involved. And of course, we have do42.com, which is a program that over 100,000 people have done all around the world. So the taxi picked me up at 420. I got to the airport in the Philippines, and I was there plenty of time, but there was this huge, long serpentine line that was just winding. I looked at that line. This line going to take me about 90 minutes to get through. It's like, it's about an hour and a half line. So I was standing there with my suitcase because I had a carry-on. I wasn't checking anything in. And a gate agent came over to me and they said, you've got a platinum medallion tag on your... Are you platinum medallion? I said, yeah, but I'm flying Delta. I'm flying Korean Air. And they said, we're partners with Delta. And they said, can I see your app? Can you open that? And I opened the app and it showed right there, platinum medallion. I said, get out of this line and come over here. So I got out of a line that would take me 90 minutes, and I got in a line that took 90 seconds. And then they gave me a certificate to go to the lounge where they had a big buffet meal, and you just all kind of... So I went from... I didn't have a problem standing in the line. I had plenty of time, so it wasn't worrying me, but it was a lot more convenient not to stand in that line. And to go from 90 minutes to 90 seconds, then have a big meal and just a relaxing environment until the plane left. And I was concerned about my connection. I had a connection from Manila to Seoul, Korea, but I only had a short amount of time to make that connection. And I said, this is tight in an international airport. I said, but I'm not going to worry about it. I said, if I don't make it, I just don't make it. And if I don't make it, I've never been to Seoul. If I miss my flight, I'm just going to stay over in Seoul, take me a sightseeing tour, just enjoy it. No need to be worrying about what I cannot change. And when Pastor James came back, he had to make that 
same flight change, but he had a lot more time. And he texted me, he said, man, this line here is no joke. I don't know about your connection. And he sent me a picture, and it's just a lot, you know, just a huge jam up you having to go through security. He said, I don't know about you making that. I said, well, nothing I can do about it. See, there's a peace that goes when you're in flow, too, regardless of what's happening around you. And I got to Seoul, and I saw this big old long line. It was a big line. And I said, I ain't sure about whether I'm going to make this or not, but if I don't, so be it. Lady came up to me again. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Atlanta. She said, can I see your boarding pass? Showed her my boarding pass. She said, you get in this line over here. And then she did something I had never seen before. She got on her walkie-talkie. She called the gate to where I was taking off. And she spoke something in Korean that I didn't understand. And then she turned to me and she said, they are going to wait on you. I said, what in the world? I fly a lot. I just never seen that before. I went through security. I got to the gate. When I got to the gate, it was the exact time the plane was supposed to take off. And they waited on me. When there's a flow and when there's a favor, and then when I got on the plane and I sat down, and as the plane was getting ready to take off, the flight attendant came over to me, and I was sitting on the aisle seat in the back. Another man was sitting in the window. The middle seat was empty. And he came over, and he stopped right by me, bent down, and he said, if there's anything you need, just let me know, and I'll get it for you. He came to me, and the other man, what now, well, who is you? I said, I said, and I said, I'm just favored today. It's something about it. There is a flow of favor. And George and I, we just came back from Philadelphia yesterday. George is starting college in just a few days. And I'd asked George, I said, George, is there any way you want to go before you start college? And he said, I want to go to Philadelphia. So we went to Philadelphia and we came back yesterday. And George has TSA pre-check. He's registered in the system, and so am I. But when I got George's ticket, mine said TSA pre-check, but George's didn't. And we left on Spirit and came back on Frontier. And in both cases, his pre-check didn't show, but mine did. So I said, George, I'm going on through pre-check. You go through the other way in because I don't want to take off my shoes. I don't want to take my notebook out. I said, you know how to get to the gate. I just meet you there. So while we were leaving from Atlanta to Philadelphia, I'm walking to the pre-check, and I see this man stopped in the middle of a concourse. He was fiddling with his luggage, and I walk past him, and I hear God speak. Go back and speak this to this man. And when you're in flow, you're much more malleable to listen and follow the Word of God. Because normally, I, don't, I just don't like the food with that stuff. I just don't like the food with it. I turned around, I walked back to the man. I said, excuse me, sir. I spoke to him, and I saw his face just change. And I got my bag, and I walked on away. I'm about 100 feet down the concourse, and I hear somebody, sir, sir. And I turned around, and there was the man. He said, thank you, thank you. And I went on to my plane. And maybe George's pretext may not have showed because I had a similar situation coming back and both of us were separated. Sometimes God will make you go somewhere alone because you got something to do and you never know. For today, God spoke this right after service. He says, next Sunday, call for testimonials from the congregation moderated by Prophet Dexter. Do not restrict the time nor number, even if it takes the whole service. 
James fell in water, and this was a semi-baptism. Each of you has undergone a recent trial that helps control ego and allows the Holy Spirit to move to a greater degree. Your definition of recent is not mine. And as I looked at this again, and I, said, Wait a minute. I thought he was talking about each of the four of us, but that's what he said. He said, each of you has gone through a recent trial that helps control ego and allows the Holy Spirit to move to a greater degree. See, sometimes you think you'd be going through something just for the heck of it. No, sometimes God sends you through some stuff to bring your pride down so you can be more sensitive to his word and his spirit. Revelation 12:11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Today, some of you will overcome by the word of your testimony. And God spoke their testimony will empower them and others. So Prophet Dexter is going to come right now. And it's like what I had to learn to do, to yield to the Holy Spirit even when I don't want to do this, when I don't want to fool with it. When God is speaking, there's a blessing not just for others, but it's for you too because it blesses you. So Prophet Dexter, if you would come, God is going to speak to somebody. Some of you had some experiences on last week with that anointing. And God simply wants you by the word of your testimony. You'll overcome some stuff just by the word of your testimony. And when you get in flow with God, favor multiplies in you. Doors will open. Things that you've been trying to do for years will all of a sudden clear up. Or he will give you clarity on some stuff that will ease anxiety of what you've been worried about. So Prophet Dexter, if you would come, I'm going to turn it over to him right now. Listen to the heeding of the Holy Spirit. And obey. When Pastor asked me or sent me an email, it was about three o'clock in the morning, I believe, and I read the email. Didn't know how God was going to orchestrate. But there again, I spoke earlier God is the orchestrator of everything. And there are some of you right now in here, even as I spoke earlier, you have a direction now. You have a navigator now. And you just need to come up here and share just a little bit of what God has done for you. Because it's one thing for us to speak on it. But when the fellowship can speak on it, it raises others' faith to another level. And so I see so many healings in the room and so many blessings in the room and so many things that God has done for each and every one of you. It's overwhelming me. And so I just want you to stand as you may and come up and I'm going to hand you a mic. And I want you to just tell of the goodness of God and what he has done in your life. And see, by being obedient, don't sit there knowing that God has spoke to you to get up. There's a blessing in your obedience. So right now, just someone just stand. Amen.
Yesterday, we had a celebration, so I shared my testimony. I think I'm a comedian. I'm a closet comedian. I share it with my family. But I was going to get up and do comedy. And then God spoke to me as I was getting dressed to go to our celebration. He said, tell your story about your education and give me the glory to encourage others. I always thought about my educational nursing journey, which is uh, sometimes an evil place because they've got some evil, witchy kind of instructors. Hate to say that, but it's true. And so I thought of it as a big failure because I didn't pass my first trial and I didn't tell people. So I cried a while after they told me I didn't pass. But I got up. I said, that's not the end because I'm more than a conqueror. God made me to do great things and I'm going to do it. So I... I took other classes to work toward my four-year degree. I was going for my two-year degree at that time. And when I got a letter in the mail that says, congratulations, and they sent me an associate degree in the mail. So I said, wow, something happened. So I went to school. I need to sign up to take my board. They were like, no, that was a mistake. I said, how can it be a mistake? I got everything. No, we're not signing. So there I was, crushed again, and I fought, nothing worked. But it wasn't my time, as I thought about it later, because I had planned to take off to California, leave the family, and go make some real money so that we could do some things. That wasn't the plan, though, that God had for me. I don't know what would have happened with my children because my husband was a firefighter. And he was away sometimes two days. So God said, no, you stay home. And you take care of those children that you wanted so badly. So I stayed. When I went back to S, well, what must I do to finish my degree? Every school wanted me to start over. Start over with anatomy, physiology. And I said, wait, the body hasn't grown any new bones, any new organs. Why would I take that over? I already took it. Everybody was like, no, we're standing firm on that. So I was just like, Lord, I know you told me that I would finish it. I wasn't planning to be 101 years a student, but that's what it almost amounted to. So I was just like, I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know how I'm going to even get done at school. Then the pandemic came. I was like, oh, this is big. I can't go anywhere or do anything. The possibility of finishing came up in Florida, though. I said, I'm not traveling. We got a big pandemic. I went to the pastor's each one. And I said, I've got this opportunity. They were like, go for it. And I'm looking at them like, oh, that ain't safe. I'm a nurse. I know that you can catch this virus in an instant. Everybody said, go see Elijah. I said, Natasha, you are protected. Go on, go. I was like, okay. I put on my mask. I think a shield. I was ready for war with that virus. 
And I went three consecutive weeks, I think. No, skipping a week. But I made it back, and then I passed. I was like, thank God I got through it without COVID. But then the possibility of doing my four-year degree came up. I was like, in the pandemic again, I didn't have to travel, but I had to do online. I signed up, yeah, I can do that, because God told me I was going to get my four-year degree. Well, I had to write papers upon papers. I hadn't written a paper in over a thousand years. So I was like, do I still remember? And it just came back to me, the subjects, verb, how to conjugate. I was amazed. I was totally amazed that I could do it. And I was like, this is not Natasha. This is God leading the way, doing what he said. So yesterday, as I said, as I was getting dressed late for my party, but God said, you go and you share what I did for you, for my glory. And I just, I'm going to cut it because I'm not going to keep talking because I can't. I told him yesterday, I love a microphone. <clears throat> you got to believe. You got to continue and never give up. Don't let anybody tell you that you are less than and that you're not good enough. Because just like they did it and the person before them, you are capable. And all of that that I went to the get to went through to get to this point, I looked back at it, and I was like, it was leading me to now, to be with some kids in schools that I can encourage, be a light, help to mold, and mentor. So stay the course, never give up, because God made each of us, so he knows what we can do and what we're capable of, not man. I'm telling you, no man on this earth knows what you're capable of. So I want you to hang in there. It gets tough. Hang on your loved ones. I've cried on my husband's shoulder so many times. He'll just pat me and say, you can do it. Don't worry. I'm so thankful for him. But that's my words, and I'm sorry. I like a microphone, so, and I can talk a lot. Thank you. Love you guys. Good morning. I've been a member of the ARC a few years now, but I love the ARC. I love coming into the ARC. When I come up those stairs, like pastors say, it's intentional. You just can't come in if you handicap. You got to want to come here and come up these steps and come into the ark. A few years ago, Pastor Nathaniel talked about him getting prophecy. And one morning I was driving to church and I said, Lord, I want a prophecy. And that morning, Pastor Nathaniel said, everybody who's here today is going to get a prophecy. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this. <laughs> and so he gave us tickets and he said, this is how it's going to do it. Mine ended up, it was going to be in December. But something happened and it was moved up to like November. 
my prophecy said that something in my life was going to happen sooner than expected. But so many things happened sooner than expected. I just felt it. It was a blessing, period. But the reason I came up this morning, my husband passed away in December. And I had to take over running a business. I had done the paperwork for, but I had never done the day-to-day running of a trucking business. Something I had no interest in running because he did it every day. I'm like, I don't want to do that. But there were people depending on the business for their families. And I had to start taking over running a business and trying to keep it going. And I asked Pastor Nathaniel to pray for me for the decision to keep it going. And he immediately stopped and prayed for me and he told me I would get a decision sooner than I thought it would happen. But I'm trying to move forward. There are times when I think it's too much, but in eight months, I'm still going. You know, uh, there are a lot of things that I've had to learn and it's been hard, but I get my strength here. I get my strength from God. I know I pray more. I know I pray more. I thought I prayed, but I know that I pray more now. And I love this church. I love the family here. And I thank God for the blessings that I receive here. Yes, how y'all? My name is Johnny Cotton. And my testimony is about what I was born with. I was born with circle cell disease. And a lot of people that have circle cell, they don't live a long time. And on the 26th of this month, I'll be 79 years old. And I talk to God all the time about my condition. And he always tell me, don't worry about it. You in my hand. And I have control over everything that goes on. So he has control over me and he blessed me. When this disease came up, COVID-19, I go to Grady at the sickle cell clinic. And they told me, don't come to Grady because if you catch this disease, you only have a chance of surviving of 25 to 30%. And y'all is 80, from 75 to 80%. So I know God is with me, God guides me, and I don't know how long I'll be on this earth, but I thank God every day for giving me and letting me be able to take care of me. I can take care of me 
that's a good blessing that come from God Almighty every day, not once a day, but every day. And I thank God all the time for that. Yes. Everybody. My name is Edwin Fullerton. Just want to say a quick testimony. This was like 10 years ago. I was in the church. An apostle called me up, did a prophesied over me, told me because uh, I was leaving, going back to Miami. And he told me, You're going to come back to Atlanta and you're going to be in a high position at your job. I, I ain't really, to tell you the truth, I didn't believe at that time. You know, I, my faith wasn't as strong. I didn't believe that that would happen at all. So years passed by, I met my girl, had a daughter, all these things happened. I'm flying back and forth from Atlanta to Georgia just to see my daughter. And during that time frame, the last couple years, I started to move up, move up in the positions. Then, you know, I started really thinking, hey, I really can be this high position at this job. Um, so the last three years I applied for them, didn't get them. I remember the last one, I was very frustrated. I, I was like, I feel like I worked hard. I feel like I got in the spot. But during that time frame, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't, you know, in my word. I was more into the world and didn't realize that, you know, I was blaming the job but not doing the things right. So Pastor Dexter, when he prophesied over me, he was telling the truth. You know, I remember seeing my girl get ready for the church and everything. I'm like, why are you going to church? You gotta just go here and go there. But she was consistent, got me back into the church, uh, coming here, listening to the word. So when this position came, there was a position that opened up again. And you know, I was like, should I apply again? You know, I've been heartbroken three times, but I went ahead and did it. And when I did it, it was like God brought me to the story of Esau and Jacob. If you remember Esau and Jacob, Jacob had stole his brother gift and everything. But when he, this time when it came to them to meet uh, Esau, he was scared that Esau would kill him. But if you read it, read that Jacob had came to God and remind God, hey, you said I'll be this. You said my father was, I'm the son of Abraham. And I remember just getting on my knees and praying to God, you told me that I would get this position. I had to, you told me that if I walk in your steps, you would bless me. So I just wanted to encourage somebody, anybody that's going through anything, just remember, just get on your knees and Remember that the promises that God made for you. Remind God who you are. Remind God that you are a child of him. Get on your knees and pray to him. And when I did that prayer, I remember before even the interview started, God told me, hey, start packing your stuff and take it to Georgia. I started taking everything, even before I had the interview. Start taking my stuff and I started taking everything. I started telling my parents, hey, you know, I'm finna leave. I started telling the people at my job, hey, I'm not finna be here that long. I already started declaring, claiming. So just remember, and I remember when the pastor was preaching last week, he said, once you make that decision, 
And I feel like once you make that decision in your mind, like you said, God start acting on it. Just like the prodigal son, if you read on it, once he said, my, my, my dad got many mansions, you know, his dad seeing him from afar. He's told his other son, hey, lay out the table. My son is found. He didn't even have to run all the way back home. His father done met him there. So like the pastor said, once I made that decision, God acted on it. I got the position and, and uh, I got the position last week. I started this Wednesday. So, Like God told me, after I got the position, I had knew about the position uh, two weeks ago. God told me to, that I would tell a testimony, but he was telling me I'd tell a testimony at my church. So I plan on joining the church today. So we're talking about flow. I have two stories I'm going to talk about. I had a cancer diagnosis, I'm talking about that. And also, I was a lifeguard, I'm going to talk about that. So the first one was a cancer diagnosis. I didn't say cancer, but a cancer diagnosis, okay? So I was diagnosed with cancer back in 1988. And at the time, I was preparing to go on a cruise. And when I got the diagnosis, you know, me and Natasha would let my family know and her family. And her mom, my mom's all upset, you know. And they said, well, how you know you have cancer? You know, sometimes doctors just tell you something, just try to make money, you know. I said, well, what if I get a second diagnosis? Would you be happy with that? And they said, they said yeah, I'd be happy with that, you know. And so I went to a second doctor and got a second diagnosis. He said, yeah, you do have cancer. I said, okay. So now where do I go from here? What do I do? And so I talked to the doctor. He said, well, you need to get an operation as soon as possible. It was a thyroid cancer that I had. And I told him, I said, well, I'm going to go on this cruise. So <laughs> it's going to be in, in two months. So can I go on a cruise and then come back and get an operation? He said, no, nah, I wouldn't do that. I said, well, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to cruise. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> so I prayed about it, you know, told my family, I'm going to cruise, you know. And I know he said that diagnosed with cancer, but I'm going to do that and then come back and get the operation. So I went on a cruise, had a great time. It was awesome. And then I came back and got the, the operation. And with thyroid, it's one gland. They call it two because he has one on one side goes across and there's another on the other side. So the doctor said, what we're going to try to do is save part of your thyroid. We don't know how extensive the cancer is. I said, okay. I said, you know, do what you have to do. And so they did the operation. They said we tried to save it, but we had to take out the whole thing because the cancer got into both sides. And so he did operation and everything's successful. He came back the second day after the operation to check and make sure it was all right. And he looked at it. He said, he said, I did a good job. I said, yeah, with God's hand, you did do a good job. I appreciate it. And so I took uh, radiation and got rid of the rest of it. And I hadn't had anything since. So 
God healed me from that. The second thing, talking about flow. When I was a lifeguard, I had to pray before I go to work because, <laughs> because the way the kids are, the way parents are now, sometimes the way your supervisors are. So I prayed before I went to work, and I went to work. And this day, it was a white lady. She had two kids. She had a, a son and daughter. The daughter was about 15 or 16. The son was about uh, 11 or 12. And they have to get a card showing they know how to swim for them to be out there by themselves. If not, the parents have to stay with them. So parents try to get them to learn how to swim good enough so they can get out there by themselves so they can sunscreen. So, talking about flow. So, yeah, I told the first boy, I said, you go first. I told him what they have to do. You jump into the water, go underwater, come back up, swim all the way down to the other side, touch the other side, turn on your back, and float for, 30, for about one minute, and then float on your, on your back for, I think, 10, 10 minutes or something like that, or five minutes. And so, no, float your back for 10 seconds, then straight water for one minute. So the boy, the boy did that, jumped in the water, went down, down, you know, did exactly what he did, what he's supposed to do. I said, okay, come on, and you passed. Then I told the, the girl, I said, okay, your turn. And the whole time, the mama said, well, she's on the swim team. She's the best swimmer. She'll pass. I said, okay. So I told her exactly what to do. I told the mom exactly what she's supposed to do. It's okay. So she jumped in the water, came back up, swam all the way down, touched the side, swam on her back, 10 seconds. I said, okay, tread water. She tread water about 30 seconds. Then she said, put her head in the water. I said, come on out of the water. She said, what? I said, come on out of the water. I said, you fail. You got to take it again. <laughs> and the mom said, wait a minute. You can't fail my child. She did what she was supposed to do. I said, no. I said, you weren't supposed to put your mouth or her nose underwater while you're treading water. I said, so you fail. You got to do it. Take it again later on. The mom said, no, no. You can't fail my child. I said, you're right, I can't fail her. But she failed herself. So <laughs> she just started fussing, folks, started fussing. And the flow of God was just with me so strong. I just looked at her. I didn't get mad. I didn't get mad, didn't get angry. I just looked at her. I just looked at her. And so I looked at my, my watch. I said, okay, it's time to open up. I started walking away. I said, you don't have to blah, 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 blah. I started cursing. I turned around and said, you don't talk like that in front of children. Turn around and walk away. And so, <laughs> the flow of God. Where me is the flow of God. I went back, opened up the pool, everybody started getting, she started talking to other parents, other parents. Nobody was on her side. So after a while, she left, she got her two children left. And then while I was sitting there watching the pool, one by one, these white people, they started coming to me, you're a good life God. You're a good lifeguard. I would have cursed out. I would have did this. I would have did I said, no, it's not, it's not about that. It's about the kids. And so I was amazed at how many, it was like five or six people came up to me and, and told me, you know, different things about, you're a good lifeguard. You did, you did a good job. And so a lot of them started liking me after that. <laughs> good morning, everyone. My name's Latasha. I've been a member of the ARC for a very long time, probably just over 20 years. And I just 
have so much to be thankful for. I could not let this opportunity pass by without giving God glory for all that he has done, especially over the last 20 years that I've been part of this family. Before I started coming to the ark, I don't know if I was in, I don't think I was in law school, but I remember after I was in Atlanta, I'm from a small town in Monroe, a very small church home. And I remember praying to God to find a church home where the leadership was genuine. It was sincere. It was real. And they would be people of God, you know, and God landed me here. I was working at the city of Atlanta. I believe at the time, Brother Marcus Simmons, if any of you remember him, he was also working down there. He invited me to attend a service. I've been coming ever since. And so I'm so grateful that my family has been able to be a part of this church family. And it's extended beyond, you know, even to my parents, my aunts, my mom and my dad, they love this church, you know? And so I know that I am in the right place. I know God has planted me here for a reason. And I'm just so thankful for that. As part of my, you know, my testimony, I want to speak to God's faith and his favor over my life. God is so good. Many of you know that I'm an attorney, but that journey was a long time coming, kind of like you, Natasha. I had a full ride to LSU, and I think I was dating Brian at the time. And he kept saying, girl, you better call that school and let them know you're coming. I'm like, I got a full ride. I'm in, you know, there's nothing else for me to do. Well, I never knew, I didn't have anyone, I didn't know anybody that had gone to law school, didn't have any kind of guidance or leadership on that. So around August or that fall before I was supposed to start school, I, about a few weeks, maybe two weeks before school was gonna start, I called to see, you know, to let them know I was coming for orientation. And they said, Miss Little, we're sorry, but we gave your seat away. You didn't call to reserve, so we gave that scholarship to someone else. You can apply again next year. I was devastated. I was crushed. I knew that I was not going to stay or wait another year. You know, I was 23. I felt like an old fogey. <laughs> but I was like, I'm not going to wait another year because anything could happen in a year. And so Brian, again, and his wisdom and his help, he was like, well, there's another school that, you know, I've heard about. You may want to just go ahead and submit your application and see, you know, just see what happens. So I did. This school, though, was in Michigan. And, right. And so I said, okay, I'm going to submit my application. And I put it in. And they accepted me. And they gave me a partial scholarship. So, amen. So that's where I went. And, you know, it was tough. That first year of law school was the toughest year of my life. It was so many, I was away from home, away from this church, away from my family. And it was just such a struggle. I remember maybe the first week of school taking, they took a little entry test and they told people that, you know, look to your left, look to your right. One of the three of you will not make it to graduation, you know? So they essentially told me that I would not succeed. I would not graduate. And glory to God, I did. Graduated. And...
I know. And not only that, after about the first year, Brian and I got married. So I took a reprieve, pastor, in all of his graciousness, he agreed to marry us. We got married. Actually, our anniversary was yesterday, August 12th. So that's another blessing. That was 17 years ago, 17 years ago. But anyway, I was saying as part of uh, school, after that first year, I took some time off to get married and went back. They called. They said, hey, if you want to finish this degree, you better, <laughs> you better come on back to school. And so I didn't know how I was going to commute. Like you, I was thinking about trying to transfer to somewhere closer, but they didn't want to accept half of my credits. And I wasn't going to allow that to happen. But luckily, the school had a part-time program, and I knew that with God's help, it would be possible. And I didn't, you know, I didn't have sufficient income, but somehow God made a way. Every weekend for about two years, every weekend, I had to fly to Michigan to finish my law degree. Every, and then towards the end, um, I got pregnant with Addison, and so it became even more difficult. But like I said before, with God's help, all things are possible. All things are possible. And, you know, even through law school, I wanted to do something. You know, I didn't want to go into the profession just to earn money. I wanted to have a purpose behind what I did. And so I'm just so thankful that God has finally planted me in an arena, in a career where I have purpose and I can merge my purpose with my faith. And I can, you know, spread, you know, God's love. I can, you know, spread the good news. I can give my clients information that I know is good and good for them. And I'm just grateful for that. And I never thought that I would, you know, own my own business. But with God's help, I am a business owner. And I have a partner, but he's retired now. And going in, I knew he was going to be retiring, but I was terrified as to what my business would look like without a partner, without some help. And so this has been my first year without my partner. And, you know, God has doubled my profits. Just me. Not only did he do that, but he also has allowed me to bring on two other attorneys. I mean, my business is growing. My family is growing. I adopted a son. I mean, so, so much has happened in the last couple of years that I've been with the Ark. And I just want to let you all know that this life is not only a love story about how much God loves us, but it's also a story of faith and, and hope. And um, like the young man said, if you just take that one step, God will do the rest. Just take that one step and stand on his word and remind yourself of God's promises, okay? He hasn't forgotten, but a lot of times it's our lack of faith and we've forgotten the promise, but that's all I wanted to say. I love you guys and thank you. Greetings, I'm George. And honestly, my testimony plays right into that. It's not even a testimony I particularly like to share because in my mind, it's incredibly embarrassing. <laughs> but you know, God is good. God loves you. God is love. 
And around a year ago, I thought I had found my wife. But before I get into that, I want to tell you something that happened yesterday. <laughs> and yesterday, I was riding to the airport with my dad. We were short on time. We were in a rush. And he just asked me a question for divine direction. And when he asked me that question, I kind of froze. My eyes opened wide, and I thought, no, not enough, at least. And there was a reason for this. The reason was I had thought I found my wife a year prior and I was wrong, even with divine direction. So I always feared that I would be wrong again. The thing was, it wasn't that God was wrong. It was that God told me the truth and I turned it into a lie. Now let me bring you back to a few years ago. A few years ago, dream. I went into a restaurant, I saw my father and my mother eating, and I didn't want to be in the same place, so I left. And then I saw this cat, and this cat was going down this alley, so I followed it, and the cat had basically said, you can go down this path, but don't get carried away. And down that path were two ladies, one more physical, more intimate, and the other more noble. Actually, the first lady went after me. But ultimately, I decided that the second lady was the one that I should probably be with. But when I decided it was too late, she had already left. And when I chased after her, I couldn't find her. And the first one had left too. And then I bring you back to a year ago. Actually, yeah, around a year ago to this date, I wanted to get my license. I thought I was really ready. But I had driven with my dad one day and I rode up on a curve and he said, I'm just not comfortable with you taking that exam. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I was mad. <laughs> I was quite upset that I couldn't get my license at that time. I had this great plan in my mind. I had been in virtual school for the past year. Out, you know, there was COVID, there was lockdown. I wanted to get out and go. But my dad. So at that time, I was furious with my, if I'm honest. And so I would take away. And in both of these places, I found both of the individuals. And then in around September, I had this dream. And in this dream, I was in this seemingly one-sided relationship with this girl, but it led to me being the best me I could possibly be in the world at the expense of my character. And a couple days later, I met this girl who looked a lot like the one in the dream. And I began to think, well, based off of how it was depicted in the dream, that's, that's probably my wife, right? I was doing so well in the world, that, that must be the person for me, right? You know, the character thing is probably just symbolic for something else. You know, these warnings, they're probably just warnings for something else. That, that's definitely my wife. Sure. I met this other person and when I saw them, I immediately knew in my spirit that that was everything I could ask for in a wife. And yet I looked and I still leaned upon the first person more. I began to seek confirmation from the Lord and he would give me dreams. And the dreams were clear, very clear. I'll tell you one. 
there was Christian playing music and he was going to be playing for a guest of honor. This guest of honor was clearly my wife. And there was a spotlight that shined on the center of the stage that she would be coming out now. And nobody did. <laughs> and you know, what I did in the dream was I thought of her name anyway. And can you guess what I did when I woke up? When I woke up, I thought that that's probably just symbolic. I thought of her name in the dream, so clearly she must still be my wife anyway. I sought further confirmation. I went through a day where all I did was pray. And I got up and I had to use the bathroom and I thought, you know, Lord, I don't want to pray while I'm in the bathroom. And in the bathroom, the Lord had finally given me the confirmation that I was seeking. I was thinking, this is the weirdest place for it, but I'll receive it regardless. And the confirmation was, you'll know when you see her. And I was reminded of the fact that when I saw her, I looked upon her and the first interaction weirdly left me with this feeling, my wife wouldn't do that. But you know, instead what I did, well, when I saw her, I mean, I liked what I saw. I mean, when I engaged with her, she was cool. I mean, maybe it wasn't that I would know when I saw her but I would know when I got to know her. And I went through stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch until it was finally, nah, that's not my wife. Where's the second person at? And she was long gone. The thing was, God never stopped loving me in the process. The thing was, the warnings were given out of love. The thing was, even being reminded in hindsight, it wasn't God being like, I told you so. It was all love. It was all love. God was there when I sought him, but still I did not listen to him. And many times the Lord is there if we call. But you got to listen to his answer. I don't know if this is a relatable experience, but we all have that one friend, right, who will ask for advice and then still do what they were going to do anyway. We can't be that one friend for God. <laughs> God will lead because he loves as long as we seek. And yesterday when I was asked that question, do you ask God for divine direction? And I said in my mind, no, I don't do it enough. The reason was because a year ago, I thought I had found my wife. And even though God told me no, I said, well, maybe instead of no, he just means not yet. <laughs> but God always loved. So God is love and he loves you too. Even if in the past you have not listened to him, he does not hate you for it. He's just calling you back to him so that you do not make the same mistake again. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I was not going to get up here and share anything because like George, mine was embarrassing and on the very same topic. Um, and maybe this is because we talk a lot and we're cousins, so we end up having similar problems. But uh, basically, as you guys know, my sister, Jamie, she got married and she met her husband from a dating app. Um, her meeting her husband let my dad to encourage every single one of his kids that were not in a relationship to get on a dating app. And so I was 18 years old on a dating app, just starting college. And 
Um, the point of this was that as I was going along this journey and this process, I had never dated anyone, never had a boyfriend before. And I would pray to God every single stage of my life. And I'd be like, Lord, well, actually, I wouldn't just pray. I would go on a fast. And I'd be like, Lord, I really desperately need your guidance. You've guided me on my friends, my career path, everything else about my life. Please help me. And so each and every time God would give me like this dream, like, oh, there's this guy coming, but then here's this problem with him. So I'll leave it up to you what you want to do. But like, I'm not going to tell you this is the person you're going to be married to, but I'm also not going to tell you not to talk to them. So I was like, oh, what do I do with that? Oh, okay. So I told my dad and I would go about wisdom with it. And I set this time frame. I was like, if I'm going to be a fool, then I'm going to be a fool for six months and, and no longer. And then no one can judge me because I put a time frame on myself. But the point of it was the reason why my dad even wanted me particularly to be on the apps was because I had this strong desire to get married. Like I just wanted to find the person I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And all my siblings that are older than me had already found people similar to that. And so the point was that recently that desire, it went away. And that six month period that I set for myself, I had met it. And right then when I realized that it was just like the desire for that type of relationship was just gone. So I don't know exactly like how many days passed, but basically it ended up with me just like crying because I was like, wait, I went from like being really desperate for a relationship to not wanting a relationship. So how am I going to get married if I don't actually like pursue anything and put myself out there? Like, what am I going to do? And so the very next day, my dad, he was in the Philippines with my uncle Nathaniel. And he was like, all right, I want you to go to your grandmother's house and bring her some food. I was like, yeah, sure, I could do that. So I went over to Grandma Robbie's house. And oh my goodness, I opened the door. She's so wonderful. I was like, oh, you're such an angel for bringing me food. Thank you. And I was like, oh, great. And then she just kept talking about how I'm going to get married and how like nothing can get in the way. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to try and overbear myself with like this effort or this idea of what needs to happen. And then she just like went on about her love story. And I did not ask, but I was very grateful that she was talking to me about this. And I just wanted to say that as I went and I talked to every individual that I met on that app, God had warned me beforehand about the problems I would face. And he never said, this is my promise. But whenever I had given up on that spirit of benevolence, that spirit of God, that spirit that helps you to have hope in the future, then God sent, while she was calling me an angel, I considered her an angel. He sent someone to come and talk about what I didn't ask about, talk about what I had cried and prayed about in private, talk about something that I didn't even go on my fast for yet because he cared that much. And it just reminded me as I was hearing George tell his story and everybody else tell theirs that God might be holding things off for you. God might give you a desire and then remove it only because he wanted that desire to push you in that season, to change you so that way you might be more social with people that you never would have talked to before, to help someone else in that season. And I was just grateful that that was truly like a God of love, that I could see him in his hand in every single step and area of my life. And even though it was embarrassing, George, thank you for sharing your story because it allowed me to share mine. So, yes. Praise the Lord, everybody. Give honor to God, to our wonderful pastor. We're going to call them the Fantastic Four. Okay? So I just thank God for allowing me to be here. I don't know what I'm going to say. 
but I'm just going to be like Paul was. When I step forth, God going to pour into me. Is that all right? I just thank God for how he loved me even before I was placed in my mom's womb. Praise God. And things he told me when I wasn't taken to church when I was a little girl and things like that. But he allowed me to see angels. Hallelujah. Bless God. Didn't know anything about it. Not that no one taught me about it or anything like that. But God is God. And he had a thought and plan for each and every one of us before we was born. Long story short, praise God. God, been, he been telling me stuff going through. I was a child born out of due uh, season. And God said, but I'm in season. Amen. And he's looking for a vessel he can show himself strong in. And I said, here am I, Lord, send me. Christian, the song you sung, I can't remember, but I know it was saying, I'll be a sacrifice for you, God. Use me, Lord, pour into me. And even from nursery school, it was saying, I'm a little teapot shot and stuff. When it got a tune up, just what? Tilt me over and pour me out. Hallelujah. Bless God. This is what God is saying. He's looking for someone he can show himself strong in. Trials and tribulation will come, but he said he has delivered us out of them all. Praise God. Hallelujah. As he had allowed me, I used to want a hundred children. I, I, I think for working then. They were working then. Amen. But God blessed me to have six. Have six. Okay? And and then you know I married a second time. So we got about 12, okay? So that's how I get all the gifts. But praise God. And God keeps saying that how I'm to be a good steward of everything that he's given us. Psalms 24 says what? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and everything belongs to him. And when you belong to the king, everything is working in your favor. It might not look like it, might not feel like it, might not smell like it, but it is. Did y'all know that I'm Pastor Nathan? We got in the line. I'm Pastor Nathan, a twin sister. I'm just taller than he is. Okay. Okay. We are all created out of one blood. God led me here and been through some things growing up, but he kept me. Even walking the streets in Pittsburgh. Y'all know about Pittsburgh? and McCannaville and Summer Hill and Buttermilk Bottom and all that kind of stuff. God brought me up from, I was born in New York, came to Alabama, and I'm a Georgia peach. Sweet child, sweet, sweet. And God was letting us know that he died for the healing of the people. He birthed me out, took me by the byways, and he keep reminding us, that we are his. And as George would say, even in the youth, I didn't know who my husband was, but I know I wanted a lot of children. And you know, with the world where you get a lot of children, but now I got a, a family. I have a family. And God let me know that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That love is the key. And he said, we have not because we act not. And as I keep ask God, keep pouring it in me. We had a um, we had a service here. I go back and forth, so y'all have to just Google it or whatever. 
But we had a service here with Mother Brana, and it was an anointing service of love. In order to serve God and his people, you must have love. It might have been like seven years ago, seven years or so ago, and we prayed. And I think I was one of the first one in love because it's hard taking care of these <laughs> Negroes, your niece, <laughs> they niece, <laughs> and everybody, these kid folks, kid folks, something else. Amen. So God anointed, and that's what God to keep on doing, anointing me with love because after that, it's just so much he's pouring in. I said, in order to lead his people, you must have love. You must love God, people. You must love him. Hallelujah. And he will pour in you what you need at that time, regardless of what we thought or what we think we need or deserve, because our ego get in the way. And God told me, where he had me going, it's already funded. Already funded. Praise God. And I hear the pastor testimony of, of, of coming here. Praise God. And like Pastor Nathaniel said, I said we twins, right? Uh, he just a taller one. He said, he don't need your money. We don't need your money. God don't need your money because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness that uh, all silver and gold belongs to him. And we're only here for a short time. So he said, put your time in. Because it's he that made you and not you yourself. So let him continue to pour in us. And he's pouring in us. And sometimes I get scared when I say afraid. Then he said, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but by meditation and prayer, make our request known unto God. Again, he said, we have not because we ask not. So I asked God, like, God, I'm coming up here. I don't know what I'm going to say, whatever. But God said, trust him. Don't put no man on a pedestal. Praise God. Because if you put them on a pedestal, praise God, they will trick you. They will fool you. And you have to be willing to die for your faith. Praise God. I thank God for my husband. That's how I met the brothers, right? Praise God. And I dated him almost 45 years ago. And we would have got married then, but it wasn't time because I told him the children had to grow. He said, this nigga didn't have to be born. I'm like, what? And he called me his wife, right? And he kind of peculiar, my husband. But he loves me, right? I love him, right? And I told him he don't have to be Hercules. Amen? Uh, so I said, so we met him, and he told Pastor Nate Daniel and First Lady Simone that they'll like me if they met. Oh, do y'all like me? Do, do you love me? Praise God. And that's why I keep on coming, because I'm loved regardless of what I go through. Because I told him, um, you don't have to be a Hercules, right? Because I love you. You love me. We might not always disagree, but we respectfully agree to disagree. And how oh, glory! Hallelujah! I just thank God for the ark of salvation, and we float, baby. We are floating. Why? The storm's gonna come. They're gonna rape, but we in the ark. And not only this physical ark, but we in the ark of God. Hey, glory! I get excited. That's why I miss my favorite pastor. Pastor C. Amen. It's joy. The joy at the faith. Faith. When you believe God, you're going to rejoice all the time. You're going to have joy. You're not just going to be happy. Hey! But you're going to be joyful. 
the joy of the Lord. What? Yes. So let us stand up and give God some praise and a hallelujah. Because we believe here and we're going to what? We're going to leap for joy. Leap. 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 Oh, leap. Leap. Get up at your seat and leap. If you ain't crippled, blind, and broke, leap. 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 Hallelujah. Leap. Leap. Leap for joy. Leap for joy. Leap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Pastor Desta. I haven't wrote, written a book yet from the prophet. Hiding the Lord, seek him in hell. Holy is thy name, O God. Worthy to be praised. I haven't written a book, but it's all right to uh, copy and paste. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And if I offend anyone, please forgive me. Because it's going to happen again. If I do it seven times seven, forgive me again. Praise God. Amen. I love you too, sister. Wow. Okay. This is exposure therapy for me. Most of you, some of you know me. I've been here since I was a kid. I'm a showman, right? And I'm so nervous right now. I've been on a journey and I didn't feel like I could come home. So, Miss Stephanie, Pastor James, one thing that's really cool about the two of them, their love story was something I learned as a kid, right? And I went to the Navy, saw war, hated it. I was married, divorced, hated it, all of it. And I have a daughter, 14. Miss Stephanie got a chance to talk to her, and something peculiar happened. It felt like all the things in my life that I was trying to get rid of, um, put them in safe keeping, right? My daughter was in safe hands, knowing her way to the ark. And that unfortunately made me free. So I live with bipolar one disorder, right? To be isolated, completely isolated. It's not good. When I came in today, Ms. Dinah said, as long as God's with you, you're never alone, right? I came in last week, Pastor James, he anointed me. At some point, Pastor, I apologize for like tuning out. I was writing notes, but I didn't hear the description of what Pastor James was to you. For me, it was a no-brainer getting Pastor James' line, right? Miss Stephanie told me it was an anointing of fathership, being a good father. My kid's 14. She's never been here. This place made me. Miss Stephanie was the one person who told me when I was a kid, I used to be a Muslim and became a Christian right here. I played Jesus as my first play that year. And I hated my toes, right? I hated my toes. And I'm like, I got carried across through, and I'm like, oh God, I want to, my, my feet, my feet. But Miss Stephanie, you got cute feet, baby, right? <laughs> the point of that story is, when I got up on the stage, I found out who I was. That is my flow state, right? To be nervous right here means that you all are, are important to me. I ran from this place for so long that to bring my daughter to Miss Stephanie, I knew that my daughter would know somebody who knows unconditional love. Her children, come on, husband, family network, the people here in this church. I've been traveling, but I've been listening, right? Thank God for the online ministry. This entire, what, what is this called? 
this whole thing, right? This whole banner, this entire banner, all these things, trying to do 42 throughout my life, right? Ringo Max, trying to stay in shape, all the things that the church taught me. I got everything I need right here. And so last week when the pastor talked about Kansas, in October I'll be in Kansas, I think. We talked about, did we listen to divine leadership? Last week, I, someone spoke to me and asked me about my sister. I haven't seen her in years. But this is a place where when she ran away as a child, she came here. For me to know that my family, we have dreams. This past week, I've had more than one dream about her, right? And it's like, I don't want to hear the messages. When I was prophesied over as a kid, there's two angels on you. I don't want to hear that. I want to just live a normal life, right? I want to just be me. Right, so as my hands are trembling up here, right, I know you all can see it, but I'm blocking it out somehow, right? It's allowing my voice to come out like it's supposed to because the people I spoke to last week, this week, something's happening this week that's very major for me and I have no idea how I'm gonna do it, right? But it's like, my steps are ordered. And before I go, I like a little, right? Michael Jackson, Billy Jean, right? We all know that song? How about the video? Now he's doing a little walk. Every time he walks, the light, the light comes on beneath his feet every step so as my anxiety keeps going I know to keep my feet moving because that ground will be there because my God said it will be and that's my testimony really right? I just thank God for this place hello I was trying not to get up here I don't like talking <laughs> But in May, my job, I've been working for them five years, and they say they was letting my whole department go. So they was giving everybody they day, but they would never give me my day. I'm, so I called the manager, I'm like, when is my day? Still wouldn't give it to me. So then she was like, okay, your day June the 19th. I said, okay. And I talked to her, I said, hey, I have kids, I have bills. I can't afford to lose my job. So then she was like, okay, we don't have nothing yet. And then that week of me finna lose my job, she said, we have a new department for you. So she was like, I don't know the pay, but it probably won't be that much. So I said, okay, I tried. I talked to the lady, the pay was, I was like, it's a job. Then I was like, okay, I'm gonna try and wait. So the same company, they called me, they was like, it's another position, but you have to go into the office. I've been working at home five years. I was like, oh, okay. So I went down there and the lady, she said, how much you wanna be paid? I gave her amount. She was like, oh, what'd you say? Something else. It was $3 more than what I said. Took the position. Now I have a better position in the office. I told Dinah, she sent me a message and she, the message she sent me, I was just like, okay, faith. But then I thought about Prophet Dester. Every time he prophesied over me, he always said, God have your finance and your family in hands. So I was like, okay. And then back in 2020, I went to Prophet Dester and James cause I was going through a lot of sickness in my body and I didn't understand. So it come from my head to my spine, like a lot of fluid and it felt like my head was, I couldn't even explain it to the doctor. So both of them prayed over me. And Prophet Desta said, every time you go to the doctor, the doctors won't see anything. They did CAT scans, they did everything. They couldn't find nothing. So I wouldn't understand because the pain was so bad that I can't even tell a person how it was. So every time Prophet Des told me, he was like, God have not forgot. And I usually look at him at this point like, God forgot. Because <laughs> it's painful and I don't get it. So I didn't realize it until two or three months ago, I have not had the pain 
I have not had the fluid. Every pain that I felt, I have not felt now one. So I'm just grateful. Okay. <laughs> Bear with me. I really don't like speaking in front of a lot of people, but I've been going through some stuff. But anyways, I started a job. Every time I got paid, it was just like the check was already gone. So I was going to go to Word of Faith last week. My sister, who just walked off, she told me, girl, come to the art. It may be a word for you. So I'm driving down 285. I'm like passing 20. I'm like, I don't know. Should I go to the art? Should I go to Word of Faith? I came to the art. Something I never done. I sat in my car and listened to the sermon live. The whole sermon. I never done that before. But I've been going through a lot. I haven't been feeling like myself. So I listened to the sermon. As I'm sitting in the car, I anointed my wallet with the healing oil. I put a cross on the wallet, a cross on my heart. I put two dots on my foot as I'm sitting in the car and over my ears. So the pastor... He called for prayer. Something was like, get out of this car. Go get prayer. You anointed yourself, go get a prayer. So I heard Nathaniel, Pastor Nathaniel, like, come down and this is what you're going to be praying for. I heard see Elijah. And then all of a sudden, everything cut out. So when I walked into the church, my sister was in line for Nathaniel. So I was like, okay, just going to go behind her because I didn't hear nobody else's, so I can't get in a line. So the pastor prayed for me, and he spoke some things and say, you know, I've been dealing with financial problems and some other areas in my life. And he said that he wanted me to, like, seek God. He used another word, but he wanted me to seek God for 48 hours, pray, and the church was going to provide the funds for me to do this. Not knowing, last week I had to pay rent. I called the rent office. I'm like, you know, can I just pay the on the ninth? I didn't know how I was going to have it because I had already got paid Friday and that check was already gone. <laughs> so the pastor provided the whole amount of rent last Sunday and I was able to pay before Wednesday. And that's my testimony, but just trust God. And I will say during this time of me praying, I ran across a book that I typically write some stuff here and there, like, Lord, can you help me with this? I awfully put it in my prayer cloth and I sleep with it in my bed. And that was one of the things that was on the list. Lord, I trust you for all unpaid debt, all unpaid rent, and God provided that. Didn't know how, of course I could do other things, but Lord, I trust you, you know? <laughs> and it happened. I would say, just write down things. God will definitely come through. God came through in the middle of hours. Like I had to make deadlines hours and God came through from unknown people or just friends and family. Like God is good and I know things are going to get better. And I'm just here to tell you guys to trust God, write it down, make it plain, tell him what you want, what you expect and just pray and just trust. And I promise you it will happen. And I could go on and on, but <laughs> God is good. 
Only if you guys knew, like, God is good. Hello. So I'm not really good with the public speaking thing either, but my name is Aries, and about two Sundays ago, I was literally up all night just cleaning, you know, my thoughts racing. I couldn't sleep. I was wiping down cabinets and walls and just everything. And something told me to go to church, this one in particular. But I stayed up till maybe about 4.30 in the morning. I showered, laid down, and then I got up around maybe 9.30. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the church around the corner. Now Faith is like eight minutes away, even though my first mind said to come here. Because I was listening to George, and I'm kind of hard-headed a little bit too. But when I got in the car and started to drive, I forgot all about the other church and came where I was told to come to. And um, I came and I didn't know where to park. So there was a gentleman in the back that told me I can go park in the school parking lot. And then he held the door so that I can come in. And I came through here and then I saw my friends in there. So I went and sat behind her. So she turned around and I was like, I feel anxious. You know, I hadn't seen her and I don't know how long, but I was just like, I feel anxious. So she asked, do you mind if I have Prophet Dexter pray for you? And so I told her, you know, I would like that. Even though I hadn't seen him before or anything, and then a few minutes later, he came out and she was like, that's him. And as soon as he stepped on the stage, he was like, it's somebody in this room that is struggling with a mental battle or, you know, have been up with anxiety. And I felt like that was why I continued to drive because I was supposed to be here. And then Pastor Nathan, you came on the screen from the Philippines and he was preaching about uh, falling into darkness. I think it was part six. And um, as I listened, it just took me back to a lot of things. Like this has come up for me so many times, like throughout just like Miss Stephanie. I remember you when I used to come when I was like 14 with my friends and um, you all don't age, but, but, but I don't know. And then I told my mom before, because I have always had always been in the church, like growing up, we were made, like we had to go. It was not optional until I was about 19. And at 19, when I had the choice, um, I just didn't go anymore. I didn't care for or didn't feel comfortable at the church that we attended. I always told her I felt more comfortable actually here, honestly. And I was like, if I were, I remember telling her at 19, if I were to join a church, like this would be the only one. So I've never joined a church at all in my adult age. I mean, besides being in the one as a child with my mom. And after the service, well, 
before that. So there were maybe about two years that I was out of work and it's been a long time ago and I couldn't find a job. And so someone told me to go to this staffing agency and they would have something for me. And I ended up at the staffing agency and then we were bottling up these, the cleaner. And then I saw Mr. James in the warehouse, like just a little far off. And I was like, this is, you know, but I still was hard headed again and then, you know, come back <laughs> this way. But then I think that a few Sundays ago, you know, when I was struggling and this is where I was led. I feel like I was like, this is where I am meant to be. And I was hard headed again because last Sunday I sat here and I was like, okay, I'm going to join the church today. But initially when I was in here the first time that I came two Sundays ago, there was something telling me, hey, on the third time you go back, you know, then you'll join the church. So last Sunday I was like sitting there and I'm like, I want to, you know, go, I couldn't move. <laughs> and then Pastor Nathaniel was preaching, I mean, you know, speaking, and then he was letting us know we're going to get in, you know, this line, individual lines, you can only choose one for prayer. The one that resonated with me most was Pastor Nathaniel's, but I was still hard-headed because I heard family and I just went to <laughs> Pastor James. <laughs> and then I was like, he said one, so you can't go back up again, you know, be obedient. But after the service that I did come in feeling super anxious, Prophet Dexter prayed over me after the service because when I came down and my friend asked, could you pray for my friend? He was like, of course. So he asked anything in specific and I told him it was anxiety. And he spoke to me and then he prayed over me and I just, I was overwhelmed. But my chest was tight. It had been tight for about two weeks. And while he was praying for me, I felt weak. Uh, it was like the pressure came off of my chest and then my head felt like it was floating. And so I don't have that tightness in my chest anymore, but this is where I feel most comfortable. So um, I came back and I went to the workout class on Monday and I went again on Thursday. And on the drive on Thursday, it started storming. But I was like, all day while I was working, I was like, God, you told me to go. You know, I see the storm clouds, you know, get me here safely. Um, I was on Moreland and I started crying because I couldn't see, couldn't see and I'm already anxious. It was storming like really, really bad. So I came and I parked in the back. I didn't see anybody. I'm like, I see Miss Stephanie's spot. You know, it's a car there. I went to the front stepped in the water like my shoes were soaked i ran up the stairs because i'd never been before i didn't know where to go so i saw like a baby cup with milk in it or something sitting on the front and i was like somebody's in here so i called <laughs> mildred and i'm like somebody's in here i'm like can you call me stephanie do you have her number but it was just like go around the back so i went around the back it was one other guy and he was sitting in the parking lot and i was like uh you told me to come here but it's nobody here you know, like I can't get in. So I was gonna leave, 
but I just sat there for a while and then it kind of calmed down it was still raining but just a little bit less and so I saw somebody coming um, to the door like as soon as I turned the key to get ready to pull off and so I was able to run in but I did the workout class and then I actually came back again I was like you know maybe me getting in a line for family was for me to um, continue on with my journey with the ark especially because this is where I said if I ever joined the church this would be the one because this is where I feel most comfortable and I do want to tell you and you both of you guys for praying for me thank you so much and I want to become a member today Hi everybody, I'm Cameron. These are my parents. My testimony is a little bit about what everybody was talking about um, throughout life. I've been more of the calm, just go with the flow type, you know. Even like growing up, college choice, I knew I wanted to go to Georgia State, but I was like, how am I going to go there? Because I really don't have the grades for it. So I went to Georgia Perimeter first, worked through there and then end up getting the Georgia State. So during college, I was like, I like that car. My dream car was a Mustang. I was like, okay, how am I gonna get that? Some way, I went one day and God just made it possible. Got a Mustang. Graduated from Georgia State. I was like, okay, what I'm gonna do now? Cause I really, I wanted to do biology, but I never knew like where it would take me. And I always used to pass GBI. I was like, okay, maybe try there one day. I ended up getting a job at GBI. So it's like constantly things happen. And then on the other end of that, things can be taken away. So I always knew like, okay, I wanted this, I wanted that. But it, sometimes it always just ended up happening for me. So I was looking for a wife. <laughs> I talked with Mr. Stephanie, I talked with a lot of different people about marriage. It goes for my cousins too. I mean, you just go with the flow with it. Don't actually look for it. It'll come to you in time. I ended up getting married um, to a girl I really wanted over a long period of time. And that worked for a good long time. And I'm still married right here today. Um, at one point, it was like, okay, I could lose everything. I got in a car accident, lost my Mustang. It was like, dang, uh, lost the GBI job. It's like, wow, like everything, I'm losing it. I'm constantly losing everything I had. I don't want it. I had it, and I'm losing it. <sighs> Standing here today now, I, like, I also like chargers, so I end up getting a charger some type of way. I was like, how's this happening? Um, the guy who was up there earlier, he was in a, another department um, at FedEx where I worked. We worked at different buildings. I saw him here. He was like, hey, man, we got this opening. Like, I'll apply. I got there some type of way. And then after that, he ended up leaving. So I'm like, dang, the person who got me over here, he's gone. <laughs> what am I going to do now? He ended up coming back in a higher position. So it's like things happen throughout life. Like you just got to keep going with the flow. 
and like understand that it's gonna be all right god has you like no matter what what steps you have to take on the way god has you and that's my testimony for today Good morning, everybody. Awesome testimonials, first of all. I was just sitting back there in my spirit thinking, do I want to speak or not? You know, I know a lot of people in this church have been coming here a long time. They are like my family. They knew my sister, Santa, who used to come here, who passed back in 2001. And I've been knowing them since, even before then. So, I've always felt a connection. I used to go to World Changes, and I had been there for about 20 years. But God just kept on tugging on my heart to say, this is where I'm supposed to be. And it's been a blessing. Always have been. And that's not what I want to talk to you about. The thing I really want to say is, whatever you're looking to do in life, don't look at, you don't have the money, you don't have the time. If it's for you and God is tugging at your heart, do that. And God will bless you where you are. But the other part of that is God wants to see our faith and what we do. We can say whatever we want to say, but it's about what we do. So that's important. And he'll put you through some storms just to see if you really want to do that. And will you pursue that path? This past week, I've always said, my name is Daryl, by the way. Daryl means leader of men. So, and I've always known that's my calling. But I'm like, do I want to go into ministry? You know, I know so many ministers. You know, some are great, some are not. <laughs> I mean being totally honest but the main thing is it's about what ministry he has for you in your heart and every one of us have different ministries my ministry is to help people and lead people not just in Georgia but we have one of the largest companies in the country dealing with homes foreclosures but I was always wondering God if you want me to help people in this area even though I have a little money, you know, how can I do this? We're talking about millions of people all over the world and all over the country. Well, I've been in business and our company's been around over 30 years. And God brought me and our company, a company and a group of individuals that pretty much, they're multi-billionaires and anything really I want to do with it, God has shown me that these gentlemen in this group will help me. So I just want to tell you, pursue your dreams, pursue your goals, pursue your passion. Don't worry about what it looks like, feels like, or you think it, well, how am I going to go through this? A lot of us have, I think, and I'm a big person on health too, and so are the Broncos. I just want to say, also, always take care of your temple, because that's what the Word says. And through your temple, He will provide you the spiritual growth and guidance to where you want to go in life. 
very important. Spirit, mind, and body are the most important things because you can't do anything without that. So I just want to say I encourage all of you guys keep the faith, keep God in front, and go after your dreams. Hello, everyone. I just want to say that I just think you all are the greatest. Your families, your friends, everyone stay plugged in, stay in. These are good people. Bring people in. We need to pursue, purchase, and possess the land so that we can be larger. And I thank each and every one for loving me, for taking me in. I thank you all for all you have done for me. That's another story at another date. I love you all. I love everyone here. I thank you all for being with me, for being with the church. It's nothing but love here. Nothing but love. Continuously to pray, stay focused, love each other. No one is perfect. No one is perfect. Take care of yourself. I really came up here to say that I'll soon will be 66 next week. So I just wanted you to see that grace, favor, and God will keep each and every one of us. We all have work to do, so we need to continuously to do it. Thank you, Pastor Nathaniel, Pastor James, Pastor Charles. You all are awesome. Thank your families. Thank you. Thank you. Thank each and every one for coming each week. Have a blessed day. We love you all. Good afternoon, everybody. Everybody good today? All right. Um, I wasn't planning on coming up here. I had to pray about it. And then I said, God, give me a confirmation. So Galene came around and said, you need to come up here. So I said, okay, then let me, let me take a couple notes then so I won't forget these key points. There's a lot I can say, but this is about reflection. So, so I want everybody to think about the things God has done over your life. How you ordered your steps to this point. I can say a whole lot of things, you know, with my life. How you orchestrated my life and, you know, the person I am today. I'm going to thank Pastor and our salvation for being a positive influence in my life and, and supernatural things that I've seen and, and things that that this church has done uh, like no other church that I've been to. With me starting with even the marriage I've been with my granddaddy before before I went to college getting ready to go off. He came to me and said son you need to get married and have 10 kids. I said what? What kind of stuff is this? You know, so I'm like, 10 kids, I, I'm not trying to get married right now. You know, I got to get out there. That's why I know it, I was getting married. So God pushed me in, into the area. So I just saw how he put that desire on me for my wife. I wasn't really looking at that time, but it happened. And I remember key points of my life when I was heading to the military, and I turned on the television, and I saw this prison, USP Atlanta, 
and they had just got a, that was going through a riot. I said, oh my goodness, this, this thing burning, it's on television. And I'm like looking at it, I'm like, I don't want to go there. And I hear God saying, you're going to go. I said, what? To this prison? Oh, okay, all right. And Boulogne, military, and guess who I ended up at? The USP Atlanta prison. And I served there for 21 years. And my wife and kids, you know, my wife, she's very quiet. She's a praying lady. A lot of things that, you know, God tell her, they come to pass or she just in connection with them. And that's the power to find the connection. You, I pray, she pray and hear things and God confirm things. And, and it just happens like that. And it's, it's powerful. And one of the things that I want to share is, is the supernatural power of God. And just want you to, to understand that he's still the supernatural God that he is. And I can tell you a lot of things that he's shown me, not angels yet, but I remember just praising God one night and, and I was reading the Bible. That's in the glimpse. I shared it with pastor before, you know, the first time sharing it with people. I saw this man in his vision. I can see his dark skin, had dark hair, curly hair. I noticed him in the dream. I know who he was when I saw him. I said, that's, that's John the Baptist in his vision. And I hear God saying, that she built John the Baptist in everybody's household. I said, wow, I just saw John the Baptist. And everything, that I, I see it clearly. Hair, slim guy, uh, little goatee. It's just clear like that. And he didn't have to show me that, but he did. And I know he'll show you things, too, when you become connected with him. And another little story, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's something that is unbelievable, but it, it happened. When I was growing up, you know, I had a little speed on me. I'm pretty fast. And I would go to school, and this dog would always chase me. I have to outrun this dog every time. I'm like, man, I'm tired of this dog. And, you know, I would go this direction behind the house. He would find me behind there. I'm running again. So he could have got me, but, you know, he didn't get me. But I was always outrunning this dog. And I'm not afraid of dogs, but when they chase you because I'm jogging, they come at you. So you have to stop and, you know, deal with the dog. And this particular day, in 2015, on June, I was going for my morning job, but I was going on a highway. And I saw this dog. I was coming up on the distance, I mean, in the steps. I saw him. I said, here we go again. That's a, a dog. When I'm running, I just I paused. I said, let me go deal with this dog. He's right there. I was walking up to the dog. I kept walking. I'm walking. The dog would never moved. I got to the dog and looked. God, my witness, this dog did not move. The tail didn't move, his head stayed still. So it, it scared me. I kind of jumped off to the highway. I said, oh, wow. Then I ran, dipped my mouth. I came back. Dog was gone. But I looked over in the cut. It's by this office building. Dog was, you know, just walking around. So I said, man, this is it's powerful here. So I went home and told my wife and children. They were like, okay, whatever. Hey, they weren't even inside. So I said, yeah, it's for me then, because... It didn't even mean nothing to them. But those things happen. It happened for a reason. And I don't share a lot of stuff, but I just wanted to, to shine light for God, for his glory, because he is the supernatural protector. Even with Ringo Max, I have a passion for help people in, in health business, and, and God would 
he brought this, you know, brought me to a, a platform to to share the gift of health and to encourage people in the fitness. And it's been happening even before I got here. I was just work out, and people come to me asking me for advice, like I was a doctor, and I'll get them some advice, like I was a doctor. But that was type of insight God would give me if they had some kind of illness. And I would just sit still and see what God had to say about it. And I would let them know to do this, do that. But most of the time, the people was like lack of water or just eating a certain diet or whatever. It was something simple that would fix the problem. Even when God had uh, ordained me to become a reverend, when I first heard it, my wife spoke it. She said, one of us, you know, going to be ordained. I said, she said, I hope it ain't none of me. So I said, okay, understand. I said, well, we'll see. That was on a Thursday. And then that Sunday, Pastor came up behind me. I was ushering. He came up and asked me, you know, he said, uh, you know, I need to you'll be ordained. I need you to come up with, a, you know, a five-minute speech. Five-minute speech. Then, you know, the shape started coming. I'm like, got to be in front of these people. So, but, you know, stuff like that happened. And, and at night, those who were there, I saw what happened. It was wonderful. And... I'm like, you know, why you, you know, why you chose me to do this? There's a lot of reasons, but I look back on my family heritage on my daddy's side. They have several ministers on that side, you know, and I guess that's part of it. But, you know, it's just things that how he, how he will speak and things will come to pass or how he will put you in a position to push you into your death and your purpose. And sometimes you don't even realize until you look back and you say, okay, well, this is why he did this. And even... With the incident or uh, in the working out sessions, uh, you know, Wayne Owens, uh, those who was here, that was 2015, we had a heart attack. And, you know, God, you know, he stepped in, we did what we had to do, and he ended up, you know, living. Praise God for that. But when I was going home, I was like, hey, I told my wife, go ahead and pray for this man. And I said, you know, I, you know, I just pray for him. Because, I, you know, I was just kind of shaken by it. And I was hoping he'd make it through because I saw he had, you know, flatline a couple times. And, and I know God was involved with this situation. And by the time I got home, my wife had stopped prophesying. She was saying, God was like, this has to happen this way. It was purpose for him to be there, for him to be alive there. So, you know, for the people to bring him back to life. So even with that prophecy and with how she spoke, I was still kind of hesitant about it, you know, in, in disbelief. You know, I just wanted to make sure, I just wanted to have peace with it. it, it you know, just for him to come through it all. And it came to pass, like she said. And he's still in class today. You know, he's doing excellent. I push him hard. But that's what I do. I push you to your max. And if you come to the class, you know that you'll see encouragement. You'll feel the presence of God because I put him first on that platform. And I take it seriously. And, and I just wanted to share today about God, goodness, and kindness. Even with dealing with pastor and the workout, uh, nobody really hang with me for so many years. But pastor been hanging with me for a long time. So he's got to be tough. He pushed me. I pushed him. So just wanted to just let you be aware of where you're at now and look over your life and see how God orchestrates your life without you sometimes even knowing it. And just reflect on his goodness and his mercy and his grace each and every day. But I thank him once again for the of salvation and the people who support me. And it's just a family, like she said, and I just appreciate you giving me just the time to speak today. All right? Amen.
One thing, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, one thing, my wife being so strong. One thing, my mom. I want to pray. Thank you for joy, praying over Prophet Delson. He healed my body, and I did thank him. I did thank him. I did thank him. <laughs> Also, he hit me for the blood clot, but I didn't even know. <laughs> I did think every day, every day of my life, I did think. I thank you for the arm of salvation. Thank you, man. I did thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello, my art family. My art family. This is gonna be real quick. I'm 51, first of all, and it's a reason for telling you my age. <laughs> Growing up, I noticed that people would always come to me with their problems and issues to talk to me. When they would come to me, they would be very heavy, but when they left, they would have a smile on their face. And I decided that I wanted to go to school and maybe become a psychologist or something like that. So after high school, I enrolled into Georgia State, got accepted, but for years, uh-uh, too long. I need a quick fix, I need to make some money now. So I dropped out. Decided to go to medical office assisting, got an associate's degree in that. After that, still wasn't enough. Decided to go to school for medical office assisting. That wasn't enough. Decided to go to school for medical assisting. That wasn't enough. Decided to become a CNA. That wasn't enough. Okay. In the meantime, I'm using financial aid for all of this. Decided now, at the age of around hmm, 47, I'm gonna go to school and get a degree in human services. Enrolled in Belhaven University. Before my last two semesters, I ran out of financial aid. So, had to leave, went into this deep, dark depression, isolated myself. I was coming to the ARC. Shortly after that, coming here on a regular basis, I was getting these messages that had me on fire. You know, I wanted more. I was encouraged. I was like ready to take on the world. I had this she-woman experience, you know, and I decided I'm going back to school. I'm going to finish what I started. Needed $6,000 though, because I didn't have any more financial aid. I was working a job, getting maybe $700 every two weeks, a single parent raising two girls on welfare, didn't know what to do. 
Started a GoFundMe account, didn't work. Reached out to family and friends, they couldn't help me. Called on the ARC, wasn't specific in my needs. Miss Loretta sent me a check for $100. Out of anger, I sent it right back. Stopped coming to church, cause I was mad. <laughs> cause I needed more, I'm being real. I needed more than that. The $100 wasn't enough, but like I said, I was not specific in what I needed. Went back into isolation and depression. One day I came back here after being gone for a while. Started feeling that same fire that I felt before and reached out to my CFO of the job I was on. Can you just take it out my check? I don't care how much, not thinking about how I was gonna pay my bills. I wanna go back to school and finish what I started. She said, no, we used to do this before. We never got our money back. The person would leave the job. We don't do that anymore. I felt defeated. As I was getting ready to walk out the door, she stopped me and she said, but I am willing to help you. So she said, let me just start off with giving you $1,000. And I, I promise, whatever it takes, you're going to get your money back. So I needed something to show the school that I was serious. So I gave them the money, and I started making monthly payments for the remaining amount. OK. Graduated with my undergrad in human services. OK. The last day of class, my instructor asked me, what are you going to do with this degree? You know, I was like, I don't know. I'll figure it out later. She said, no, I want you to apply at my other job. Okay. Got the job two weeks later. Double the salary I was making. <laughs> and the thing about this job that I'm on now, and this is how I know God, even though I made the decision to go all around the world just to come back here. I have Russian clients. I have Spanish clients. I have Korean clients. All of them are so warm and accepting to me because of the love that God has put into me that I give to them. You know, it doesn't matter what nationality, what religion, love is love. <laughs> so with that being said, and she told me that in 2019, she said, you're going to go back to get your master's degree. And I was like, no, that experience was enough for me. I can't go back through that again. So she passed away during COVID. And I said all that to say, a week and a half from today, I will have my master's degree in social work. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Come on and give everyone. Hallelujah. Awesome is our God. Awesome is our God. Amen. I know there is one more, amen, that had a testimony, but she didn't get up. And I sent her a text back and I said, obedience is better than sacrifice. And because I'm the head of that house, she's coming up now and give her testimony. Because I heard God speak, obedience is better than sacrifice, and I don't want our house to be judged. This really will be fast. It's a testimony about last week, and we talk about the lines, and I knew as soon as you called it out what line I was going to go into. And so prior to last week, I had been praying and asking God, I didn't want to just read anymore for the sake of reading. I didn't want just information. I just wanted a new revelation of his word. And for me, being in the church all my life, I got to a place where I just felt like I was stale and I wanted more of him. And not just church 
and religion. I just wanted more of God. And growing up, I was a person who did not like to read. I just, I'm not a reader. You know, I have sisters who would say, oh, I'm going to read a book. It doesn't do anything for me. And when I would read, I did not understand what I was reading. So I could read it and it made sense. But mm, a couple hours later, I didn't even remember what I read. And so for me, when I read the Word of God or when I read certain books, it may take, you know, I know, Pastor, you talk about, you know, you and Reverend George, you know, y'all listen to the audio on fast tape and all of that's wonderful. But on the slowest version, I'm not getting it. And so my prayer was, God, please give me a revelation so that when I read your word, that it's something you want for me tangible at that time that I can take and carry with me on a daily basis. And so I went to Reverend George's line and I knew right away. And Reverend George prayed for me, prayed and agreed. And and it's not just about praying for somebody. When that person is praying for you, you have to receive that blessing. And so when you prayed, I received everything that you prayed. And so this week in my time with just God and just praying, not only did I get an understanding, it was like the words were coming to life to me. It was like I could visually see what I was reading. So I thank you for your obedience. And along with that, God began to give me my dreams again. I used to dream a lot and God would speak to me in my dreams. And so after Sunday on Monday, I had my time and Monday, I think it was Monday night, I dreamt that years ago I used to dance in ministry in church. And I had this dream that I was dancing before the father and somebody from my old church was trying to push me to dance and I didn't want to, but obedience is better than sacrifice. And so I did. And I was telling my mother-in-law, I felt like I was in the clouds. I felt a peace that I cannot explain. It was like I was dancing with the father himself and I didn't want to wake up. And I could hear Prophet Dexter getting up, moving around, getting ready for work, but I did not want to get up. And I started explaining that to my mother-in-law and she said, you know, you had to come back because God has more for you to do. And so whatever it is, I'm obedient and I'm going to do what God says, but I thank you for your prayer. And I came in agreement with it and I received what I came up for last week. Don't get me when she gets home. Amen. Amen. This is my mother and my lovely wife. Amen. For those of you, sometimes I know you all see them two sitting together. You think that's mom and daughter. And I'm son-in-law. But actually, that's mother and that's wife. Amen. But mom has built a relationship with Michelle. Amen. They are solid. Amen. Look at them. Just stand up real quick, both of you. Just by what they wear. Mom is downstairs. She lives with us. And Michelle is upstairs. And they don't coordinate. Amen. But I watch Sunday after Sunday. They're dressed alike. Amen. So I know that they are in tune. Amen. And Amen. This is my testimony right here. Amen. I have a mother who loves unconditionally. And I have a wife who is the same. Amen. So I married, amen, someone who molds after my mother. 
Amen. And I love both of them. Amen. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen. If you are here, amen, and you listen this morning, amen, this afternoon to the testimonies and you don't know God, you can come now. Amen. This is the most important part of the service. Amen. If you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, amen, you can come down now. Amen. We have time. Amen. If you have fallen aside and you want to get it right with God, you can come now. Amen. And our last appeal, if you want to be a part of this church family and you want to join the Ark of Salvation, you may come now. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Amen. You're coming to be restored. Rededication. To join. Amen. We have two that are coming to join. Amen. This church family. Hallelujah. And we have one that wants to rededicate her life. Amen. I will pray with you and I'm going to turn it over to pastors. Amen. For the joining. Amen. Repeat after me, Father. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you. God, forgive me for sins committed, for sins that I may have omitted. Oh, God, come into my heart. Make me pure and make me whole. I love you. I will follow you. And you will order my steps. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you right now for our life, oh God. We thank you for moving right now, God. Obstacles that are in her way, that are in her path. Open up the windows of heaven. Quite a blessing that she will not have room enough to receive as she comes back to you as pure gold. In Jesus' name we pray. Liver hearts, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Just stretch your hands as far as these. Give me your first names again. Yeah. Just Edwin Fullerton. Eris Lane. Just stretch your hands toward Lord, right now we pray over Edwin and Aries, oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, for their testimonies on this day, oh Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives, oh Father. We thank you, Lord, that even if they testify that the miracle is not over, oh Father. We thank you that you're a miracle-working God, oh Father. We thank you that every need in their lives, oh Father, as they join this church, oh Lord, would be met, oh Father. We pray over their finances, over their relationships, over their health, over just the sanity of their minds, oh Lord, their 
nerves, oh Lord. We just rebuke all anxiety, oh Father. We thank you, Lord, for just what you're doing, for being a great God, oh Lord. Thank you for calling them here to this place, oh Lord. And we pray, oh Lord, that as they are planted, that they'll grow here, that their gifts will be used, oh Lord, for the upbuilding and lifting up of your kingdom, oh Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We pray that you'll send them every resource that they need, oh Father, that even as they lie upon their beds, oh Father, that you'll show them the visions that you have for their lives, oh Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We pray that your desires would be in their hearts, oh Father, that you'll turn the desires of their hearts toward you, oh Father, towards your purposes, oh Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. And they'll give you some uh, members' uh, cards. You can just sit right here in the front and I'll bring them to you. Amen. 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 Never one standing. Hallelujah. Amen. I know some of you can, all of you should be able to feel the love in this room. And just know that the glory of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit will rest, rule, and abide with you hence now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Let our hearts say amen. Amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, In the Flow of God, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 2004. That's 2004. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 2004 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh,